to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by App Judo for your app software needs, BulletPad for building lists on the iPad, and also supported by donations from our listeners, folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersum, and today's topic is using a smaller plate when you eat. What does that mean exactly? So in place of a normal dinner plate that you would use at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and this would be on your main meals, begin using a salad plate. Wow, what's a salad plate? So we went to the store and we took our tape measure and we measured them and seven inches was too small. It's kind of like Goldilocks it's and like Three Bears, right? It's like a baby plate. <laughs> and the next size we could find was... I think that was seven and a half, which was just strictly for salads. It's a f- mama bear plate. We found one, finally, that was eight and a half inches in diameter. And our normal dinner plates are just about 12 inches, I believe, in diameter. Yeah, so, we have big plates. <laughs> so it is a reduction. And it's interesting what happened when we actually started using them day in and day out. Right. I think we got into this experience because one time we were talking about the fact that we were overeating and our son wanted us to try this, try a smaller plate. We didn't own any, so we had to go out looking for them. And that's why we got into all of this about what size we wanted. But we did find some really nice ones. They're not too small, just the right size, eight and a half inches. We use them every day. One of the reasons we use them is because they reduce the food intake quite naturally and effortlessly. We don't have to work at it because we're not piling the food on a much larger plate. It's, uh, again, quick and healthy, and that's why we call our quick and healthy tip for today, because it is so easy to use it as if it was a normal plate. And after even just three days, I believe, maybe even two days, but certainly within three days, we did not miss the fact that we weren't filling a 12-inch plate. It's kind of amazing because we filled a 12-inch plate for years and we ate pretty much everything on our plate. So what do you think it works besides just putting less on your plate? Well, I think it works on your unconscious because you have a full plate of food. And in a minute or two, we're going to actually draw a picture so that hopefully you'll get this in your mind as to what our plate looks like when it's filled. But subconsciously, you see it as a full plate. And even if you don't change your eating speed, because I can't necessarily say that we're eating slower now. By the way, eating slower is just a really good thing because it helps your body realize and, and register that it's getting nourishment. And that's a great way to eat less food is to slow down when you eat. I think you did slow down, Bill. I've been noticing you. I've been noticing that I'm done before you are most of the time. And I think that's really interesting because I always thought you were a big heavy eater. And now I see that you always have half of your food left on your plate. And I'm already done. And I'm going, wow, this is really interesting. Well, I know I'm more conscious that the quantities that I used to consume were too much. So... Maybe that's part of an internal strategy that I've been using without really being so conscious of it. Because again, I'm not necessarily conscious of purposely slowing my eating habits down. Okay, so I promised a minute ago that we would describe what does the plate look like. 
Okay, I, I assume it's round. <laughs> it is round. That's funny only because our son's plates, our youngest son, all of his plates are square. And you could do this with a square plate. There's no reason that you couldn't do it with a smaller size square plate. Okay, so what are we doing here with this plate? But do you want to take that? Okay. Well, I actually have a picture of a plate. And if you drew a line right down the center of it, a vertical line, and then you could draw a similar line that's horizontal through the middle, cutting it the other way. Now, so, so now you have got four, four pie four pieces. Four quadrants. Yeah, yeah four, okay. four pieces of pie. <laughs> four pieces of pie. <laughs> And each one is a food group. In one corner, the upper left corner, I'm going to put fruits. And I labeled that fruits. In the lower left corner of the plate, or the lower left quadrant, however you want to say it, I'm going to put what I call non-starchy vegetables. And these are basically the greens and stocky kinds of vegetables that have a lot of fiber, but also really have a lot of vitamins and minerals. So like beans or broccoli? Yeah, broccoli. No, not beans. I, I would say green. Like green beans. I'm- oh, yeah. Green. Well, green beans might fit there. Yeah. And other things that are not a lot of high-calorie, dense, starchy vegetables, okay? And then on the upper right quadrant, I'm going to put whole grains. Or if you're not doing a whole grain during that meal, you can put a starchy vegetable there, like a potato. Even a sweet potato would go there. Any of the starchy vegetables like corn, peas, those kinds of things that are very dense and heavy in calories, but also starchy. And then in the lower right quadrant, you want to have some lean meat. Now, some people who might want to eat soy protein products in place of meat might put that there instead of meat. So, you know, you don't have to be a meat eater necessarily to use this process. And that's pretty much it. Then another thing that's recommended is that if you're going to drink something, maybe have something like milk so that you have calcium included in your diet. I'm not a big milk drinker, not a big milk fan, so that's not something I really think about. I drink water or maybe or tea. tea. We or have something. herb tea. Yeah. Sometimes we might put half and half in some coffee and drink that at the same time, depending what time of day it is. Right. You know, certainly. Basically, you're just being aware of how much of each type of food that you're eating. And this sort of gives you an idea, if you space it around your plate that way, of what your portion size should be. Now, a question that probably comes to mind right about now, and it certainly came to mind to me when my older son told us about this plan, which was probably about two summers ago now. So I filled my plate. I sit down and eat this meal. What's to stop me from going back and filling it up again? (laughs) I tell him, I said, well, I'll just go back and fill it up again. If your mom buys these stupid small plates, I don't care. I'll fill it up again. And he just shook his head and went, okay, okay. Because whenever he tells me something new, which is really powerful in the health-wise area, oftentimes I blow it off. (laughs) I'm not doing that much anymore. And especially now that we're having the Quick and Healthy Tips podcast, many of these things that we've talked about are absolutely part of my everyday routine now. Yes, because we want to be authentic when we're doing this podcast. We're going to take a break here for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our podcast is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. 
Bulletpad is a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. Bulletpad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for Bullet Pad. One major tip is to wait 10 minutes minimum, wait 10 minutes after eating before considering to refill your plate. It's very important, as I said earlier in the podcast, to give your body a chance to register that you have just fed it all these new calories. Exactly. And it does take time for your body to register. If you're a conscious eater, you know that. It does take time for your body to actually feel full. Now, if you're at the spot where when you step on the scale, and you have to be honest with yourself, if you're at a spot as of today that you feel something needs to be done in terms of reducing what the numbers on the scale say. So we're going to give you just a few little weight loss tips if that is where you're at. This is really how I eat, and I have to eat this way because I have a sluggish metabolism. There are a lot of reasons for that. One of them is that I hadn't really stepped up my physical activity enough to keep my engine revved up to burn the calories. So I have a serious problem with weight, and because I do, I eat far fewer carbohydrates than what they normally recommend. Normal recommendations for the food components are carbohydrates, 50 to 60% of your daily calories should come from carbs, and protein, 15% of your calories should come from protein, fats, 25 to 35% of your calories, and this is recommended the unsaturated fats. Well, I don't eat like that, and I don't eat like that because I eat a different way. I don't do all the carbs. When you're doing a lot of carbs, you can't do high fats. I tend to eat a little more fats than I do carbs, but I eat good fats. And those fats actually help me to move the weight off. It helps me to move the fat that's sitting on my body out into my bloodstream and get it moving. Of course, I've also started moving more, so that's really helpful. So if you're overweight, I recommend that you eat as your main source of calories non-starchy vegetables. And that means those greens with all those nice nutrients that your body needs. All the minerals and vitamins are in those foods, but you're not getting the high calorie content. That's why I recommend that you make that the bulk of your food. And you can either cook them or eat them fresh. You can have salads and use fruit and meats as condiments. So you might use fruit as a snack or you might put cut up fruit in a salad. Also, you don't want to eat a big chunk of meat like six ounces, eight ounces. I never recommend that, but you could have two or three ounces, maybe as many as four ounces at a meal and cut it up and maybe put it in a salad or just eat it alongside your other food, but make the bulk of your food those non-starchy vegetables. I also recommend that you go organic if possible. And that's not always possible. I know some people don't live in an area where they have access to organic, and sometimes it's beyond their range economically to be able to eat that way. But I do recommend it when you can. So I have a story about meat, bearing in mind that I have been a big meat eater most of my life. But when I was in the service, I was stationed in Japan. And so I got very used to the Asian cuisine, In particular, obviously, the Japanese Asian cuisine, but 
they also had Korean restaurants there and they had Chinese restaurants there as well. So I could sample many of the different types of Asian cuisines. So one of the prevalent things in Japan is that meat, which is sold by the gram, 454 grams per the pound, and they might buy 100 grams of meat because it was hellaciously expensive to buy it just like that. So they were automatically aware of not eating too much protein because it costs so much. Because it costs so much. And of course, most of their diet is fish, but they do eat beef. And again, it's expensive by the gram. So one of the things that they discovered was to slice it thin and cook it sparingly barbecue it if possible, or put it on a brazier. So marinate it, maybe? Marinate it, absolutely marinate it. Almost every bit of it was marinated. Make it very flavorful. And then put it in stir-fries. So that's what we ate, oh, time and time again when I was off the base. Well, you know, even proponents of the paleo diet, which is largely protein, do not recommend that you overeat meat. Meat will turn into sugar in your body, just like any other food, if you overeat it. So your body, not using all of the calories for its engine, is going to start storing it. (laughs) So we don't want to overeat any food. Everything in moderation. That's why we have our little plate, so that you can see that you're getting a well-balanced diet. We're talking about carbohydrates and proteins and fats, and maybe not everybody knows what those things are, especially if you have someone else who prepares food for you all the time and you don't have to put attention on it. But carbohydrates, the things that I really can't eat that much of, are the breads and pastas and cereals and rices, the potatoes. Basically the white potatoes. Yeah, white potatoes. I'd rather do sweet potatoes if I'm going to do them. Also fruits, milk, anything sugary or starchy. Corn, peas, all kinds of sweets, including honey. So even the really good things for you, and carbs can be good for you, but on my body, they just tend to turn into fat. So I stay away from them. If you're going to do carbs, it's recommended that you do use whole grain pastas and breads and cereals and not the really over-refined varieties. Then, of course, the protein. It's recommended that you eat lean protein I'm not so much into that. I just want to eat healthy protein. And I don't eat red meat every day, but I do like red meat and I partake in it occasionally. Chicken, fish, eggs. I eat organic eggs. And I don't do a lot of milk. It's just not something I prefer. I'm going to drink coconut milk if I'm going to do milk, but I really don't drink much milk. Beans on occasion I do eat and I don't overdo them either because of the high starch content. And peanut butter. I love peanut butter. I don't do it a lot because of the sugar content in most of the peanut butters that we buy at the store. And I tend to buy the kind the kids like, so I buy the bad stuff. But I've heard that Jif is better. It doesn't have any of that high fructose corn syrup in it. And that's one of the things that's on our horizon for coming up for another podcast, certainly. And also for some of our experimentation in the kitchen is to try our hand at making our own peanut butter. Yes. And we've got one of those little Cousinart gizmos, and we just recently learned online about some successful recipes for making that yourself. Right, and other nut butters as well. You can do almond butter, which is really healthy for you. Yeah, we're experimenting with food now. We're getting into that. Fat, you want to eat good fat, and by that I mean natural fat. Most of the things that you're going to get at the store in a regular grocery store are really not healthy fats. Most of them are trans fats or they're heated, they're refined and they're bleached and there are all kinds of things that they do to these fats. 
so that by the time you eat them, they really just have no healthy content at all. So I recommend things like healthy olive oil, virgin olive oil. I use coconut oil. I use organic coconut oil, and I use that almost exclusively for cooking. And on my salads, we eat olive oil. There are ways that you can treat olive oil. You can mix it with a little bit of maybe frozen juice or something like that and just give it a different flavor if you get tired of eating the same thing all the time. You can put lots of different types of spices in it to make it more palatable for yourself. And you want to stay away from all of those hydrogenated, the vegetable oils that have been hydrogenated and the trans fats. Anything with artificial ingredients or anything that's been heated, as far as I'm concerned, I like cold-pressed oils. And many of these you can find pretty readily at the health food stores. Also, I like to use regular butter. And what I will often do is mix my butter with coconut oil. I leave it sitting right on our counter. It doesn't last that long in our house. That's what we use to spread on things. But to tell you the truth, I don't do an awful lot of that either. Those are just the kinds of fats that we would use. Do we have an example of a non-hydrogenated oil that somebody could look for at the store? Well, sure. You can buy sunflower oil. You can actually buy most of the vegetable oils like peanut oil, corn oil. Many of those oils are available in the health food stores that are non-hydrogenated, that are cold-pressed. And you can find the healthier varieties of them. It's not the oil itself or the type of oil so much as it is the way they're processed. So reading the label... We should definitely look for, uh, well, what should the label look? What are some of the warnings that we should look for on the label? And what are the things that we should say? Yeah. Well, you don't want any oil that says it's, you don't want a hydrogenated oil. And you don't want a trans fatty oil. Now, most uh, most of the oils they're claiming are not trans fatty. (laughs) I'm not really sure that I agree with that. But I wouldn't touch most of the oils in the regular grocery store. So the olive oils, you can find cold-pressed virgin olive oil, and I've seen them at Costco and I've seen them at other stores. Also, the coconut oil, you can find organic coconut oil. Now, it's not readily available at most grocery stores these days. I have seen it on the shelves at Costco. Most of the time to get that, you're going to go to a health food store or you can buy it online. And I order mine in a five-gallon drum, and it has a very long shelf life, so it's a very good oil to use. We need to take a break for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our program is sponsored by AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. AppJudo follows these same principles in all its software development projects using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. AppJudo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. So back to the little graphic of our plate. We've got the four quadrants. We've got the vertical line and the horizontal line. And should we try to describe what an average serving is? I know a piece of meat that might fit the palm of your hand, that might cover the palm of your hand so that you could actually still see the edges of your hand. Yeah, that would be about right. You probably don't want to eat much more than that at any one meal. 
course, then you want to sit down and eat with people that have really big hands, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, on a hungry day, you might wolf down a little more protein. I actually think that protein is probably the least offensive of all the foods out there. But I think you have to make sure that you're eating pretty clean protein. And of course, that's a real problem today. In most of the grocery stores, the meats that you're going to find there are mostly full of hormones or they've been pumped full of antibiotics or steroids, that kind of thing. So you have to read the labels. You have to become a real label reader and be very careful about what you do and just just try to do the best you can to eat the least amount of that kind of thing. So normal serving sizes for a daily intake to get to 2,000 calories for a man or... 1,400 calories for a woman. We're looking at 6 to 11 grain servings. Right. And if you're overweight, probably you want to stay at the smaller level there. You want to stay more like with 6 grains instead of 11 if you want to lose weight. And then veggies. uh, Veggies you can never overdo. I would recommend you eat. They're recommending that you eat 3 to 5 servings. And usually that's like about a half a cup of cooked vegetables or a cup of raw vegetables for a salad. And recommended that you use fresh or frozen vegetables rather than the canned variety because so many times they have additives and things that you don't want in your Salt, especially salt. Salt is a very big offensive one, yes. And fruit, two to four pieces of fruit. And usually this means like a small apple or a small piece of fruit. If you're going to eat canned fruit, you can have that. It doesn't usually have salt in it. However, you do want to eat the light variety that's not pumped full of sugar and have about a half a cup of it if you're having canned. And then also make sure on every label that you read that you do not bring home anything that says it has high fructose corn syrup, HFCS. If you say HFCS on it, or these days they're labeling it just corn syrup to try to get out from underneath Mm -hmm. the warnings that are coming to the market about HFCS. Right, and we do have a separate podcast about that. It's a very dangerous thing to ingest. Another thing about fruit, too, I want to mention before we get off of that subject is that a lot of people do these trail mixes and they just wolf down the dried fruit, but dried fruit is very concentrated in sugar. So you want to limit your intake of that. If you're going to have some, make sure you have maybe some nuts or something else to balance it out. But have like a quarter cup of dried fruit, nothing more than that for one serving of fruit. And you want to choose fresh fruit and whole fruit instead of fruit juice because fruit juice is also very concentrated in sugar. And unfortunately, a lot of the fiber is already gone. So when we make some of the juices that we have here, we're noticing that there's a lot of pulp left in the machine that ends up being thrown away. When I look at the whole apple and I consider eating it and I'm holding the glass of juice, I realize that a whole lot is going in the garbage can. Not that fresh juice doesn't have its place. If you're ill and you're doing a cleanse or something like that, it's really nice to have fresh juice. But on a regular basis, to be doing a lot of it is probably... Not that great for your body. You can do some. I would say maybe a half a glass to a glass a day. So dairy, the last ingredient on our list, two or three servings are recommended. But again, this has to do with what your tolerance are. So many people today have lactose intolerant symptoms, so you can't do any dairy at all. If you are higher on the scale, on your weight scale, You probably need to stay away from dairy and you need to get your calcium in another way. 
Eat maize. those green vegetables, like I said. Broccoli. <laughs> those green leafy vegetables. Spinach. You, you know, could take supplements of, as well. Kale. When it comes to dairy, if you're trying to lose weight or if you have some kind of health problem that requires you not to do the high fat, then you maybe want to be careful about the dairy. Either stay away from it completely or go with the low fat varieties. If you're going to do sugar, if you're going to do a lot of carbs, then dairy is something that doesn't mix well. I find that this mixing with carbohydrates is a real way to clog your veins. So you want to be careful and you want to do some research on that and not combine certain foods. Sugar is one of those deadly foods that if you combine it with other foods like fat, it can really wreak havoc in your body. So keep it down with the sugar and the carb. I can't stress that strongly enough. Even if you're a healthy person, you want to make sure that you're only eating it in moderation and not overdoing it. Before we end, I want to just say for those of you listening that we are not licensed healthcare providers and nothing we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat or diagnose or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here in our podcast is our own opinions based on our own personal research and our experimentation. So please consult your own licensed medical advisor before following this or any other health program or advice. The bottom line is you're responsible for your own life, and we do encourage you to do some research of your own as well. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us today. You can subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes Podcast and look for the Healthy Tips Podcast produced by the Better Living Institute. You can also find us at our own website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com, where you can find all our podcasts, articles, and products. If you enjoyed today's program, we hope that you will share it with your friends and family. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom. So long for now, everyone. <laughs>